Tuesday, everybody, and welcome to the David Glenn Show. Hope your afternoon is off to a fantastic start. We have some fun in store for you today, including the National Football League, a lot of college football, including a curious decision by a star quarterback at that level. We will get to know Panthers quarterback Kyle Allen a little bit better today. We have great guests on the way, including the first-year head coach at Appalachian State University. His Mountaineers remain undefeated after going to Chapel Hill and taking down the Tar Heels for the first time in program history. App State happens to be, how's this for good timing, our big tailgate tour stop this coming weekend. We are bringing the van, the tents, the games, the prizes, the Continental Tire Toss, the fun in the games to Boone and to Kid Brewer Stadium. We hope to see you there. Remember, you can visit BigTailgateTour.com either to register to win four free Continental Tires, no obligation or purchase necessary, or just tell us where you'll be if you're going to be there on Family Weekend as the Mountaineers play a Sun Belt matchup against a team, Coastal Carolina, that would love to grow up to be like App State football. The Mountaineers took that leap from FCS superpower to now Sun Belt superpower. Coastal is one of those recent transition teams. We may see a lot of points on Saturday in Boone. Both have been airing it out and putting up some pinball machine-like numbers in the process. Eli Drinkwitz of App State will join us this hour. Joe Person, who has written, I believe, the best authoritative articles on what's actually going on with Cam Newton, his foot, Liz Frank, and otherwise, the Panthers more generally. What do we know about the Panthers? From my perspective, I will say these two things at least, as we have a Kyle Allen-oriented question of the day, since we know he's the Panthers starter for at least one more week, and in case you didn't know, a large majority of starting quarterbacks in the National Football League were first-round draft picks. I know injuries changed that during the course of a season, but the originally intended starting quarterback at the 32 NFL franchises that we follow, 22 of the 32 were first-round draft picks. Again, some of them have been replaced because of injury or otherwise. But of the original 32, 32 teams, 32 starting quarterbacks, do you know how many had the original plan to have an un undrafted free agent as their starting quarterback? The answer is zero. There are the rare examples of a sixth-round pick like a Tom Brady, famously one of the greatest low NFL draft picks in the history of that great sport. There are modern examples like fourth-round draft picks. Dak Prescott's looking good and is about to cash in for the Cowboys. Kirk Cousins up and down for the Vikings but also a fourth-round pick. There are backups who have been thrown into the mix from the lower rounds. Minshew Mania in Jacksonville, the former ECU and Washington State quarterback, was a sixth-rounder, so at least he has that in common with Tom Brady. Most others, though, are first-rounders, 22 of the original 32. And if you weren't a first-rounder, guess what? You were probably a second-rounder. Andy Dalton of the Bengals, Jimmy Garoppolo of the Niners, Derek Carr of the Raiders, Drew Brees of the Saints. Hard to think of him as a second-rounder, but that is how he entered the NFL way back when. Guess what? If you weren't a first- or second-rounder, you were probably a third-rounder. 
22 first round picks, four second round picks, and then third rounders, including Jacoby Brissett out of NC State, now the starter for the Colts, Russell Wilson out of NC State, of course, longtime starter for the Seahawks. And although he's injured right now, Nick Foles entered the NFL as a third round pick. So that's a lot, folks. That is a combined 29 out of 32. You were either a first rounder, a second rounder, or a third rounder. Kyle Allen was an undrafted free agent. Many mocked him when he turned pro early out of the University of Houston. Way, way back in the day, there was a song called Getting to Know You, sung by the inimitable Julie Andrews. In the Wayback Machine, she was singing that song, I believe, in a famous movie called The King and I. Getting to know uh, getting to know the soft tunes of yesteryear you. and my childhood. In the movie The King and I, Darren, it was Julie Andrews speaking about relationships more generally. In this particular case, it's not The King and I, it's the quarterback and us. We're going to get to know Kyle Allen a little bit better, perhaps with Julie Andrews singing in the background because there's a lot I don't think most people do know about the undrafted free agent Kyle Allen, formerly of Texas A&M, formerly of the Houston Cougars. He lost his starting job at both of those universities, and that's why many did mock him as he jumped early to the NFL. He's only 23 years old, but he was once the number one high school quarterback in America in his home state of Arizona, where he just went and took the Panthers to beat the Cardinals with really not just a good performance, an outstanding performance, 19 for 26, four touchdown passes, no interceptions. A turnover issue plagued him frequently at the college level, and that's why he lost his job at two different schools. We'll see if he can take good care of the ball while putting up good numbers. It's the Panthers at Houston this week. We'll play a little getting to know you with Julie Andrews and Kyle Allen during the course of today's program. Also, we'll dive into some weird college sports stuff still related to the FBI investigation. The NC State folks are already on notice for what went wrong during the Mark Gottfried era. You can't have a former assistant coach helping the bag men actually deliver money to the family of Dennis Smith Jr., former Wolfpack point guard. You get in trouble for stuff like that, as it turns out. As that case continues, the Kansas Jayhawks, one of the most prominent programs in all of college hoops historically, they have been charged generally with lack of institutional control. That's a really big deal, the way the NCAA does and says things. And Bill Self... Hall of Fame caliber coach, a national champion, has been charged personally for basically not paying attention. That's not their terminology. That's mine. It's not as much evidence that self personally participated, although there are some funky looking text messages that sounded like he knew exactly what was going on as Kansas was paying the families of players. Will Bill Self get off the hook? Well, what I hear at cocktail parties a lot, oh, the bigger brand name schools, DG, never get into trouble. That's actually a myth if you do your homework and know your history, but people still repeat it. We can revisit it. The Kansas Jayhawks in the wrong sorts of headlines today. We'll get to some college football, including this one. If you didn't like college football players skipping bowl games to protect their bodies or their NFL draft value, you are definitely not going to like this one. Derek King is a Houston Cougars quarterback and an NFL prospect. 
there was a rule instituted last year where if you play four games out of a 12-game regular season, but only four, you actually can retain a year of eligibility, whereas in the old rules, you would have had to show an injury or something to retain that eligibility, okay? So just last year, brand new rule, what was it mostly designed to do? And isn't this a lesson in unintended consequences? It was designed to give coaches more flexibility. All right, these guys take a beating. It's a violent sport. Plug a bunch of your young dudes in there just to let them get a taste of college football. And you don't have to feel bad that you burned a year of their eligibility if you're only using them for four games. Maybe they were ready to play in November and they weren't ready in, in September, right? So it allowed for more roster flexibility. It allowed for you to get a taste of college football and yet retain that year of eligibility rather than burning it for a handful of plays or a handful of games. So there was a good intention behind it, I think, by most people's perspectives. Well, Derek King is a senior, and he doesn't like the way Houston's season is going. They're one in three, and he's getting beat up, and he's thinking about his NFL future. It wasn't with this sort of case in mind that I, they created this rule, but Derek King is taking advantage of the rule. He's not breaking it. He played four games, and he just told Houston, I'm out. Now, I might come back next year, but I am no longer your starting star quarterback. This is a guy, this is not another dude. This is a guy who broke Tim Tebow's record for the most consecutive games with at least one rushing touchdown and one passing touchdown. Tim Tebow had the record. Houston's Derek King broke the record. And in the midst of that, just said, uh, I'm out. I'm going to keep going to school. But y'all are going to have to handle these next eight games without me. And, oh, by the way, he has a senior teammate wide receiver who's taking advantage of the same rule. Your questions, your comments, your complaints about that. Remember, bowl games were not a what-if a decade ago. But the Panthers' own Christian McCaffrey, among others, at the end of their college career, knowing they were high draft picks, said, you know what? I don't think I'm going to put my body at risk one more time for good old State University when I have the millions waiting for me in the NFL. A lot of people didn't like that. Remember, it was me over we. And some people get upset even when it's not their life, their son, their child, whatever. This is a little bit like that, but because of the NCAA rules change, it is a brand new phenomenon. Mike Derrick King star. What if Sam Howell at UNC, after the Tar Heels 2-2 two two start, said, you know what, man? I got five freshmen and sophomores on the offensive line right now. Mack will recruit well, so I'm just going to pull the plug on this season, come back as a redshirt freshman, and do this whole thing over again with a better offensive line so I'm not, my life is not in jeopardy against Clemson this Saturday. That's just a hypothetical not happening, to be clear. It is happening with Derek King college star NFL quarterback prospect more on that crazy story in, along with your phone calls at 1-800-849-2761 Antonio Brown is in the headlines there was a movie from my high school or college days I can't remember that's how long ago it was where Rodney Dangerfield went back to school 
I'm going to college. What do you think? I think you're nuts. Hey, folks, it's on me. Shakespeare for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> he was a very wealthy man, as is Antonio Brown. He's much older than your traditional college student, as is Antonio Brown. Although, if I remember correctly, Rodney was much, much older than the traditional college student. We'll have a little back-to-school Rodney Dangerfield style with some back-to-school Antonio Brown style as the latter has enrolled at his school where he played football, Central Michigan University. He keeps losing chunks of his fortune for legal fees, Antonio Brown. I don't remember Thornton Mellon. That's Rodney's character having that problem in that movie. But perhaps 1-800-849-2761. We'll talk college football. We'll talk NFL. We'll get into a little bit of a lot of other things. We invite your phone calls on this question and others. Who is the best unrestricted free agent ever to play quarterback in the National Football League? I am not suggesting Kyle Allen is going to join this list. It's just a fun topic because Kyle had a great game last week, and he is the rare example of an undrafted free agent now starting at quarterback in the National Football League. As I mentioned, back in the summer, 32 out of 32 NFL starters, the projected starters, were draft picks. Now, after injuries, heck, Case Keenum was an undrafted free agent. If you saw him getting bombarded last night as the Bears drubbed Washington on Monday Night Football, you know there are other examples. But Kyle Allen's not supposed to be there. Case Keenum is not supposed – that wasn't Washington's original plan. That was Alex Smith, et cetera. They're all draft picks by original design, 22 out of 32 first-round draft picks. The Kyle Allen story is an anomaly. We will get to know him a little bit. Eli Drinkwitz from App State in less than 30 minutes. Joe Person on the NFL in hour number three. Your phone calls in between at 1-800-849-2761 on The David Glenn Show. The David Glenn Show, where the great guests have so much fun, they never want to leave. I'll come give you a pep talk before your next show if you need me to. We could use that from you, Webb Simpson, anytime. Hey, I'll be your intern after this. this is everything open, man. We'll take Joe Harris as an intern every day <laughs> and twice on Sunday. Listen weekdays to The David Glenn Show. Pressure coming on Allen. Fires into the back of the end zone. Touchdown, Panthers. It's Curtis Samuel. 59 seconds to go. Kyle complete. DJ Moore in for the touchdown. Allen going to throw wide open. It's Greg Olson. Nobody there. Allen. Look at left. Back of the end zone. Greg Olson. Touchdown again. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. We do have lines open. App State head coach Eli Drinkwitz of the undefeated Mountaineers drops by in about 20 minutes, Mountaineers over Tar Heels this past Saturday. They host the big tailgate tour this coming Saturday. More with Coach Drink this hour. Joe Person on the NFL, the Panthers, Cam Newton's injury, Kyle Allen's arrival. That's hour three. Your phone calls now, including on the Kyle Allen-inspired question of the day. Who is the best undrafted free agent ever to play quarterback in the modern NFL? I mean the Super Bowl era, which gives you a 50-plus year timetable, right? Believe it or not, 
And I am not suggesting that Kyle Allen will walk this path, but it's certainly fun to think about what his ceiling might be, right? As Cam Newton gets healthier and as the Panthers take a one and two record to Houston, where they take on a better defense, a better quarterback, a veteran in Deshaun Watson. The Texans are two and one as the Panthers, not dead yet, remember, are one and two and only a game behind the New Orleans Saints in their own division through three weeks. And maybe you all differ from my perspective on this, through three weeks, there are at least eight NFL teams that just do not look like playoff contenders. Now, of course, somebody could perform a miracle, but you're seeing something different than I if you believe the Dolphins, the Cardinals team the Panthers just beat, the Bengals 0-3, the Steelers 0-3, Washington a debacle again last night, 0-3. How long does he keep his job? Oakland, Denver, and the Jets. The Buccaneers and the Giants may be number nine and number 10 on the I just can't see it happening list, but I'll keep it to eight. That's a tidy one quarter of the NFL. And the Panthers are not in that bottom quartile, if you will. They're just not. They have more going for them than those eight teams. I think they're more like the Buccaneers or the Giants, the latter energized by Duke's Daniel Jones, obviously, in his great performance this weekend, where their season could go either way. Could they rally to 10 and six? Maybe. Could they fall to 5-11? and 11? Yeah, they could. The Panthers are in that middle mix where I'd say don't give up yet, but, you know, temper your expectations, especially given the uncertain quarterback situation. As I come to your calls, who is the best undrafted free agent ever to play quarterback in the modern NFL? Would you believe that two such people – are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So you're telling me there's a chance. So I'm telling you there's a chance. At least history tells us there is. I know Kyle Allen, he's only 23. He only has one, I would call it, a real start at the NFL level. He looked good against the Saints, backups mostly, last year. This game mattered. It saved the Panthers' season, if you're honest about it. Do you know what the track record of 0-3 teams rallying to make the playoffs is? Near nil. Good luck with that. The Panthers are 1-2. and two. They have a chance to rally. Maybe Cam gets healthy. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's close to 100%. Maybe he's not. Maybe Kyle Allen is the next undrafted free agent to make a name for himself in this league. As we invite your calls, 1-800-849-2761. Who is the best undrafted free agent ever to play QB in the modern NFL, the Super Bowl era, if you will? Did you know Darren Vaught stepping in for the statewide audience here on the David Glenn Show? Eli Drinkwitz later this hour from App State. Jason Peters is one of the greatest left tackles in modern NFL history. You with me so yeah. far from my Philadelphia Eagles? Do you know anything about his background at all? Now, I'm, I don't want – I'm only looking for quarterback phone calls. Sure. Because we're talking about undrafted free agent Kyle Allen, and there have been some spectacular, while rare, spectacular stories of QBs coming from that far off the radar. Do you know – you, I'm sure you know, well, of course you know that Jason Peters is a Super Bowl champion. <laughs> yeah, of course. You were there to see it, <laughs> yes. if I'm not mistaken. And I talk a lot, so you're stuck with me. <laughs> uh, you might know he's a nine-time Pro Bowler. Something like that. I, would, I mean, that doesn't surprise me. I, about, I wouldn't have guessed nine. How about six-time All-Pro is a much more prestigious honor than the Pro Bowl. Yeah. You might have made the Pro Bowl because eight other guys at your position said no or, or maybe they were playing in the Super Bowl and couldn't go or they were hurt or whatever. All-Pro means you were one of the best at your position that year. Jason Peters is a six-time NFL All-Pro. Now we're trending toward Hall of Fame status. Yeah. 
Would you believe that Jason Peters was an undrafted free agent and he played in the SEC? How could you not be found in the SEC? They produce more NFL players than everybody else every year almost. Jason Peters played at Arkansas. And the long story short of his biography, if you will, prior to becoming famous, is that he was a tight end for the Arkansas Razorbacks. And he was a really good blocker, but he had very few catches. So if you're on so-so Arkansas teams and you don't have big numbers, but you are a bully of a man, but more of a blocker at the tight end position as the NFL is getting pass happy, right? He came out of Arkansas in 2004, so 15 years ago. They were already zinging it all over the yard back then. Sure enough, he is an un- drafted free agent signed by the Buffalo Bills. The Eagles got him about five years later. That guy's going to be a Hall of Famer because a Buffalo Bills assistant coach looked at him. You'll never be much as a pass-catching tight end, and I'm not sure you'll ever start in this league as a tight end. But, man, you can really block, and your frame looks like it could add 20 or 30 pounds. Now that you don't have to worry about college, just go to the gym all the time. Jason Peters accepted that offer of an experiment as like a second or third string tight end who may be hanging on as an NFL player, learned to play offensive tackle, and all these years later is a six-time All-Pro and a nine-time Pro Bowler and a Super Bowl champion as a future Hall of Fame left tackle. So these stories, as was reminded in the Dumb and Dumber movie, these stories are possible, right? So you're saying there's a chance. Kyle Allen is the even more rare example of the quarterback who's an unrestricted free agent. And again, I'm just having fun. We're getting to know Kyle Allen. I'm not projecting the Hall of Fame for him. I'm not projecting anything other than he had a heck of a start last week. It was not smoke and mirrors. He threw accurately. He hit guys in stride. He minimized his mistakes. He looked in control and confidence. He bounced back from his early fumble and mistake. And he just looked comfortable on an NFL stage in a game that matters. That's a step in the right direction. In a league where, again, 22 of the original 32 starting quarterbacks entered the NFL as first-round picks, seven more entered as second- or third-round picks, it's rare to be the QB just from outside the top three rounds. Now, we know the Brady story from the sixth round, the Kirk Cousins and the Dak Prescott stories from the fourth round. Now, backups are coming into play, right? Gardner Minshew, a sixth rounder, Kyle Allen, undrafted free agent, Case Keenum of Washington, undrafted free agent. Even some of the backups, by the way, Mason Rudolph now in for Big Ben in Pittsburgh. That's a third round draft pick. That's where third and above you find 90 percent of starting caliber quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't know how long this Kyle Allen fun is going to last. I don't know how Ron Rivera is going to handle it if Cam is ready to play and Kyle Allen's on a winning streak. That would be a good problem to have, right? But we are getting to know the young quarterback. Getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. Did you know that there's a Johnny Manziel part of the Kyle Allen story? Getting to know Did you know that there's a Kevin Sumlin part of the Kyle Allen story? Getting to know you. Did you know that there's a prep All-American part of the Kyle Allen story? Getting to know you. Did you know there's a major major Apple White part of the Kyle Allen story? Getting to know you. 
Did you know that Kyle Allen lost the starting job in college not once but twice? Getting to know you. Did you know he was a star who then lost his job in the SEC only to become a brief star only to lose his job in the AAC? Getting to know you. Ah, uh, Julie Andrews from the Wayback Machine. That movie was called The King and I. This movie is called The QB and Us. Getting to know you. More on the Kyle Allen story as Julie Andrews takes us into the break with a different version of that same song. 1-800-849-2761. She put a finishing touch on that song. Haven't you noticed? Suddenly I ride and breeze me. Ah, bright and free, Darren, because like Kyle Allen. He was. Would you know the Johnny Manziel part of his story? He's in high school. He's the number one quarterback, according to some, in Arizona, meaning in the whole state of the whole country representing the state of Arizona. Kevin Sumlin at that point was very successful at Texas A&M. What did young Kyle Allen foresee for himself? Visions of being the next Johnny Manziel in a wide-open offense under Kevin Sumlin at A&M. That's how the Aggies recruited him out of Arizona. He was that hyped. He was that talented. He did enter the NFL as an undrafted free agent, but mainly because the A&M experiment ended poorly. Kevin Sumlin, remember, gets fired. Johnny Manziel had moved on to the next level. He even in intertwined with Kyler Murray at Texas A&M. It got weirder and weirder for him, but his starting point was one as a, one of the great high school quarterback talents in the entire country. So, so you go to A&M, and this, he's not the only guy this happens to in college sports, but your dream, your vision, I'm going to be the next Johnny Manziel. That's exploded for multiple reasons. One, Kevin Sumlin is fired. Two, Kyle Allen ended up saying that the culture created – by Johnny Manziel being allowed to run roughshod across that campus on and off the field was cancerous in the sense that too many dudes started thinking that they could do their own thing rather than being accountable to the coaches and to the team. So he loses his head coach. Now you got a new offense coming in. He feels like it's a negative culture, so he moves on to Houston where they had a former quarterback named Major Applewhite. He liked it there for a while. He was the starter right out of the gate after sitting out a transfer year. He lost his job because of more turnovers, reflecting what happened to him at Texas A&M. Too many turnovers at the end of that season. He is both a 75% passer. That's good at any level. But the guy who was turning it over too much, four touchdowns in only four games to go with his four interceptions. And that's, that's a Houston in the AAC, not the very highest level of college football. After he lost the starting job, he only played in a couple games. Would you believe the projected starter that for the following year that made him want to jump to the NFL, even though nobody was beating his door down? Kyle Allen would have had to beat out Derek King. The guy who is in the headlines today because he has pulled the plug on his senior season with the Cougars after <laughs> only four games, taking advantage of a new NCAA rule that allows him to bail on this season while preserving a year of eligibility. That Derek King guy is still an NFL prospect. 
He says he's just going to enter the 2020 or the 2021 draft after one more season at college, either Houston or elsewhere. It is crazy how these things come full circle, but that is the Julie Andrews style getting to know you backdrop for Kyle Allen of your Carolina Panthers. Ronnie in Fayetteville has the best answer to the question of the day. Eli Drinkwitz joins us in about 10 minutes. Your phone calls, or less actually, your phone calls to who is the best undrafted free agent ever to play quarterback in the modern NFL. There are two Hall of Famers and other big names on this list. We'll get to them next on the David Glenn Show. Jerome Robinson, are you a hugger or a handshake guy? H how does it work if Adam Silver is waiting for you? I really don't know. I, I hope it's not awkward. Um, <laughs> you know, I hope it's not like a hand to hug to hand kind of thing, but I don't know. I might just mess around and just hug him. No hands. I think he's so. a hugger. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. show our next guest got a lot of votes for best of the weekend along with his app state football team they went to chapel hill and took out the tar heels they remain undefeated there are not many of those left in our region and only so many nationally at the fbs level he hosts although there are no personal responsibilities on coach eli drinkwitz I should say his school hosts our big tailgate tour in Boone next to Kid Brewer Stadium. He has his mind on the Mountaineers' opponent, Coastal Carolina, which is trying to make a successful jump to FBS, just as the Mountaineers did not too long ago. Coach Drink, welcome back to the David Glenn Show, and congratulations. How are you? Man, I'm doing great. It's always a great day to be a Mountaineer and uh, excited. Not only is it Taco Tuesday, but it's <laughs> Toughness Tuesday here on the rock and we get to go out and practice and get ready for coastal carolina so all right it's a great day. well we know taco tuesday what exactly does toughness tuesday entail well i mean it's the toughest day of the week it's the most important day from a practice standpoint but uh we lift starting at 6 a.m mm. we've got three different groups that lift at 6 6 50 uh, and so on throughout the day and then we come in and have meetings and have a 22 period practice and so it's a it's a full day's work, um, but there's no way around it. Uh, practice execution becomes a game day realities. And so in order for you to be prepared for Saturday to play the best that you want to play, you got to go practice on Tuesdays. And it's all about having a physical and mental toughness uh, in order to accomplish that. Coach, you joined us when you took the App State job, and you knew a lot about the three-time national championships at the uh, champions at the FCS level, uh, the big upset of Michigan 12 years ago at the big house. You described the win over the Tar Heels in Chapel Hill as not at all an underdog story, that this win, while big, is much, much different. What's the best way to summarize why you felt that way? Well, I think it's about it's, it's expectation versus hope. Um, when you expect something, you prepare for it, you determine that you're going to de determine the outcome, and you have an expectancy, you live up to that standard. When you hope, you're ex you, when you hope for something, you want somebody else to do something for you. And for us, we weren't hoping that we were good enough. We weren't hoping that we had enough talent. We expected to have a great week of practice. We were determined to go out and play our best football. And so when the result came the way it did, that, that's, not, uh, that's not an upset. That's, that's setting the expectation, meeting the expectation. And I felt like if we addressed this game as David versus Goliath or an underdog story, then you already put yourself in this uh, feeling of inferiority. Well, we're not an inferior football team. We got great players. They work hard. Uh, they put in the same amount of sweat, energy, tears. They just don't have the star rankings 
that maybe some of the other guys do. And so we knew it wasn't about having star rankings. It was about being the best team and playing together for as long as we possibly could. And uh, when the result came, we, we that was what we expected, to be honest. And so it wasn't an underdog story. It was set the expectation, go meet the expectation. I know you and your guys have more tunnel vision, so you may not even know this aspect of the story. But the bottom line, Coach, and I've been at this for 33 years, people in yeah. North Carolina were not shocked that you beat the yeah. Tar Heels. My friends yeah. and family around the country who, who just, you know, they're just more detached from what we do around here. They were shocked. Uh, as you guys yeah. were celebrating, can you share any sort of outsider texts or phone calls or congratulations? <laughs> because I can assume that everybody in Boone was there uh, giving you guys quite the welcome. Well, I mean, I, I, there was there was several colleagues from around the, the country. Alvin Gentry, obviously the, the, yeah. the head coach of New Orleans Pelicans, is an App State alum. He sent us a, a really nice text. Steve Wilkes. Defensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns is an App State alum. He sent us a really nice text. I think the the moment I realized it was as big a win as it was was when Bill Belichick sent us uh, sent me a text on Saturday night wow. on the bus ride home, um, congratulating us on a big win. And so uh, that's when I realized, okay, maybe maybe from a, the outside perspective, uh, this was a pretty big win. And then yesterday I got a text from Luke Combs, and, and that got me pretty fired up. I'll be honest about that. So that's pretty cool. My mind is racing through your resume trying to figure out when you crossed paths with Belichick. What am I forgetting? Um, Coach Belichick came to, to uh, Pro Day at NC State okay. uh, back in 2017 and, and got a chance to strike up a conversation with him. And uh, he, he's a great uh, ambassador for the game of football. And I've been able to go up there a couple of times and um, uh, visit uh, OTAs or whatnot. And uh, so, yeah, that's how that, that, that happened. Eli Drinkwitz is joining us on the David Glenn Show. 34-31, the win over the Tar Heels. That was App's first victory over a Power 5 opponent since the win over the Wolverines at the Big House 12 years ago. Uh, in the general sense, how do you uh-huh. describe what you inherited from Scott Satterfield or from the administration. He was a guy who averaged 10 wins per game. And when we look elsewhere around the state, Coach, you know, Will Healy inherited a little bit of a headache in some ways at Charlotte or Mac Brown's trying to reboot the Tar Heels. It feels like App was already very strong, and that's what helped get Scott Satterfield, you know, a job in the ACC. How do you summarize what, what you stepped into now that you've had three games to watch your guys? Well, I mean, I think I stepped into a, a championship culture, um, a culture that understands winning and work ethic and togetherness. And so they have those things. Um, the one thing that, uh, you know, our staff and our team collectively has done a decent job of, we're only three games in, which is a little less than fourth of the season. Uh, but what we've done a good job of is gelling and forming our own identity and trying to form that chemistry and team bond as quickly as possible. And I think that showed up. Saturday in the fourth quarter when, um, you know, there were some waves of momentum and they landed some hits and we came back, kept on swinging. And and uh, I think the only way you can do that is if you have some togetherness. I mean, they returned the first kickoff to the 18-yard line, scored the next play, and uh, the offense went right on the field and answered. And, and I think it gave everybody a lot of confidence. So while we inherited some really uh, great players and a great culture, I think the, the thing that's been uh, – proud for me is how quickly we've tried to become us and become a team 
um, because we're not the same unit as last year. We, we've lost some good players. We lost some really good coaches, and we've had to gel and form our own identity. Coach, we get at, to at least one App State home game every year, and we're coming this Saturday. And, of course, we watch you on TV a lot. On our Friday yeah. show, we, and you, you have, you know, because of your background at NC State, you have a perfect perspective on this. I don't know if this comparison is inappropriate for the App State head coach, but I just described your quarterback, Zach Thomas, as an ACC caliber player, or your Darrington yeah. Evans running back as an ACC caliber player. And yeah. I don't know your personnel the way you do, but Corey Sutton at wideout, uh, Noah Hannon and mm-hmm. Victor Johnson, and what a great name, Bear Hunter on your offensive yeah. line, among others. Um, it just feels like, especially offensively, the Tar Heels didn't have more than you had on that side of the ball. How do you describe that, given that you're both in the FBS ranks but two different leagues? Well, I think we've got, good t- we've got a good, talented football team that's got some uh, individual skills, but collectively we're better together than we are individually. And I think when you put our skills together collectively, it maximizes everybody's individual ability. So... You know, Darrington Evans has got great explosiveness, good vision, but when you combine that with Victor Johnson, Bear Hunter, and Noah Hanna blocking at the point of attack, Ryan Newsel, our left guard, who's as good as, as anybody, uh, when you combine those, his ability gets maximized. Yeah. Uh, combine that with the fact that you have a Thomas Hennigan and a Corey Sutton down on the edges that, that when you try to play them one-on-one, they're going to beat you down the field vertically, which was what we did against uh, UNC on Saturday. So now you have to play safeties over the toe top which allows Darrington more space when you come down to defend Darrington then you open up more space for the wide receivers which then makes your quarterback look a lot better now are those guys uh you know ACC caliber players I don't know but I do know that together collectively we're a pretty formidable foe looking forward you are only concerned about coastal Carolina your fan base is dreaming really really big I mean you got to deal with South Carolina I know at South Carolina how do you describe your longer range goals, even as you're only focused on beating your next opponent? I don't think you can even th- focus on them. I, for us, we're trying to win the Sunbelt Conference Championship in okay. a bowl game with class, integrity, and academic excellence. And the only way to win the Sunbelt Conference Championship is this Saturday to play the very best that we can at home uh, against a uh, conference opponent. And so, you know, if you get caught looking down the road, then something bites you right now. And so we're focused on one day at a time, one game at a time. The most important uh, thing for us to do in order to win the conference championship is to have the best Tuesday practice of the, uh, of, of the season. And so really that's where all my focus and energy is, and that's the message to the team. You can't get caught drinking the Kool-Aid, man. you you got to get back to work and focus on the present, be here now, and uh, take care today. Eli Drinkwitz is joining us on the David Glenn Show. Very successful offensive coordinator at Boise and then NC State, of course. One of his disciples now in the NFL is Ryan Finley of the Wolfpack. Zach Thomas, his guy nowadays with the Mountaineers. Uh, You're an offensive guy. I know some of your fan base, because of the high expectations, saw yielding 41 points to Charlotte as like a red flag. What got better uh, as you limited the Tar Heels and got that win in Chapel Hill? Well, I think I kind of mentioned this earlier. I mean, again, we're all forming our identity. We're As coaches, we're figuring out who our players are, what their strengths are, what situation we can put them in. We're replacing two corners, a nose, an inside backer on the defensive side. And so we're, we, we were still trying to figure out, okay, what exactly can we do? What can't we do? What positions can we not put guys in? And, uh, you know, this week against 
uh, or last week against UNC, we were able to force three turnovers, make them stay on the field a long time, see if they can consistently be successful, and it worked out for us. You know, this week will be a totally different challenge. Um, but, but you know, like I like I said um, to our team, you know, you got to ignore the noise. We know what we're doing uh, inside this building, and as long as we stay together, we trust each other, and we keep improving every day. Uh, all that other stuff, whether it's praise or criticism, is just outside noise, and it can't influence us either way. And so, you know, the the objective of every game is to win, and we've played complimentary football through the three games, and we're going to have to do that this week, especially against a good opponent that, that uh, holds the football for as long as they do. Last thing for you, we always try to choose something special for our annual trip to Boone. Sometimes it's a Sun Belt rival, rivalry like a Georgia Southern. We've been out there for a Thursday night game. We saw the Mountaineers uh, play Wake to the final second. I think that was two years ago. It happens to be family weekend as you host yeah. Coastal Carolina. Are, are these young men, do they get to enjoy family weekend, or are they so tunnel vision that it's just you know 95% football, or do they feel the family aspect? Uh, I think you feel the family aspect. I mean, anytime your stadium's sold out, your family's come to the game, you always have a, a, an anticipation and an excitement for what's going to happen. Um, but for us, the most important thing, the reason why everybody is there is for our performance on Saturday. And so um, we'll focus to give the best effort, energy, and attention to detail that we have for those three hours. And then if we win, family weekends, it becomes a lot more fun. Thanks for the visit. Congratulations on your 3-0 and start and the victory over the Tar Heels. Good luck with the rest of uh, – I'm getting my staff to work on Toughness Tuesday, uh, Taco yeah. Tuesday a little bit later. Thanks, man. Uh, that sounds like a great idea. Appreciate <laughs> you all having me on. Look forward to having you up here Saturday. Thank you, Coach. He is on Twitter, at Coach Drinkwitz, first-year App State head coach after a long, distinguished tenure as an offensive coordinator at Boise and NC State. Pretty cool Bill Belichick story. We're back after this on the David Glenn Show. Roy Williams, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Last year, two chains came walking by, and he reached his hand down and uh, shook my hand and said, two chains. And about five seconds after he walked away, I said, I missed a great opportunity. I should have said three rings. <laughs> Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. Because 23-year-old Kyle Allen is the rare undrafted free agent now starting for an NFL team. We have a question of the day in his honor. Who's the best undrafted free agent ever to play QB in the modern NFL, the Super Bowl era, the last 50 years or so? Two of them are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I'll take a lot less than that from Kyle Allen, even against Houston this weekend. Your phone calls and more football next on the David Glenn Show. The head devil, David Cutcliffe. You guys have a unique ability to, to just do it right. You know, all the fans are always going to defend their programs, and they should. Sometimes we all make somebody at another program mad or angry, but you guys are very fair to everybody. The David Glenn Show.